The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to the Wednesday episode of Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across me is the one, the only, the two-fisted. Put your hands in there and clap, Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam. That was gross. Hi, everybody. <laughs> welcome to my nightmare. You and your son are already starting. It's disgusting. <laughs> he should go back to bed. He gave you a round of applause. You're the one who keeps looking at his bedroom. No, going, hmm. no, I don't. Your monitor's so big. I bet your monitor's powerful. It's so long and thick. Super wide, isn't it? Oh my god, you guys are disgusting. Super size me, Tammy. <laughs> Thank right. you. We have a Who Done It Wednesday going on, and we're going to Long Island, New York. We are, and you know what is my Who Done It Wednesday leads right into my thought provoking Thursday. So, and my hand clapping Friday. <laughs> I don't know what your hand clapping Friday is all about, but yeah, no, putting two hands in and going. Find the fetish, find the fiend. That would be me. (laughs) I'm very fetishy. And you're a fiend. And I'm a fiend for your loving. I'm a fiended. (laughs) (laughs) No fiends, but (laughs) these jokes are terrible. I know. Okay, so um, I'm covering the Long Island serial killer. And oh, my goodness. Sorry, I had to go on. Um, this one is very, you have to really pay attention on this one. Um, but my Long Island serial killer on Wednesday leads right into my Thursday. So I'm going to end it after the police investigation and the bodies. And then I'll talk about the suspects tomorrow. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. From the window to the wall, the sweat rolls down your balls. No, that's a song by Drowning Pool. Oh, well. Called Bodies. Mine was... The Yin Yang Twins. Now what? The what? what? The Yin Yang Twins. Whatever. Fucking gay ass shit. How dare you call gangster rap gay ass shit? That is super gay. Whatever. You know. Oh, I have something to talk to you about when we're done here. Don't let me forget. Hey, don't forget to talk to me. Anyway, okay. finish Anyways. up the episode so we can make, make, make with the chop chop. Get out of the work with the chop chop. Okay. So here's a timeline of the investigation. On February 1st, 1982. Now, this case isn't officially linked, but a lot of the, I mean, some of them you'll notice aren't officially linked, but they're kind of linked. Um, t- 19-year-old Tina Foglia was last seen on February 1st, 1982. Was she really fugly? I, I don't know. Foglia? <laughs> Maybe. Or she, Sorry, had a, up. she had a Foglia. <laughs> um, she was last seen at the Hammerheads Music Venue in West Islip, New York. Uh, her dismembered body was discovered on February 3rd next to the Southern State Parkway, and her remains were placed in three garbage bags. Man, that's a hell of a fan fall apart after a show. I know, right? The DNA of an unknown male was also found on the bags. It was now, mine. I believe it. Back in 82, you were, what, 10? There you Nine. go. Hey, got to start early, man. Yeah. Okay. Um... 
Anyways, then we have uh, Jesse Pomeroy, five. Um, on April 20th, 1996, we had, they uncovered two female legs wrapped in a plastic bag. Well, did it belong to the same person or like two different females? No, like they belonged Margaret to the same. and Helen or something. No, they belonged to the same. They were discovered on the Bayside Shore of Fire Island, one mile west of Davis Park Beach. Now, this victim at the time was referred to as Fire Island Jane Doe. The victim's skull was later found on April 11th of 2011, west of Tobey Beach in Nassau County. That, when they found the head, they named that victim Jane Doe number seven, but then they were later able to link them both by DNA. So let me get this right. Somebody got head. Yeah. Okay. Headed, yes. <laughs> I just thought it was legs from two different women, like people going, no. like with wanted posters. Have you seen these legs? No. So basically, they found her legs in 1996 and her head in April of 2011 in two separate areas. Have you seen this head? <laughs> Please call. <laughs> 360. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to give your number Don't on Don't give my phone number out, man. <laughs> On Jan- June 28, 1997, the dismembered torso of a young African-American female was found in Hempstead Lake State Park, New York. She had a heart uh, tattoo of a heart-shaped peach on her left breast, that's right here, and was given the name Peaches by the authorities. Police, they're not very, they're not very imaginative because... So after she had sex, could you call her Peaches and Cream? You could. Asking for a friend. Yeah. Anyways, police estimate that she died less than three days before her torso was found. Now, on e- April 11th of 2011, the police discovered skeletal human remains inside a plastic bag near Jones Beach State Park, and they referred to that discovery as Jane, no- Jane Doe number 3. In December 2016, Peaches and Jane Doe number three were positively identified as the same person. They sound like they're ready to start like a fucking pop band. Yeah. Peaches like, and John Jane Doe. Yeah. Peaches and Jane Doe. Peaches Let's, and Herb. <laughs> they're going to sing a song about beaches. Yeah. So DNA analysis also identified Peaches as the mother of baby Doe three. And both were found wearing the same jewelry. See, now that part's fucked up. I can't even make a joke yeah. about that. Yeah. God damn it. Serial killers. Leave the fucking babies and the kids alone, you I know, fucktards. Right? Now, in November 19th of 2000, the torso of a woman was discovered by hikers in Long Island Pine Barrens in Manorville. You want to know why I don't go hiking? Because torsos are found? Let me tell you. Jogging and hiking. Joggers and hikers. It's always the same thing. A body and skeletal remains were found by a man jogging in this park, this trail, or hikers discovered a dismembered body. You know what you never hear? A fat guy sitting in his studio playing guitar and writing music stumbled upon a dead body. You don't hear that. On his way to get snacks. A fat guy with earrings, bald guy with earrings and a goatee. Right. Doesn't stumble upon a dead body in a studio. Yeah. He was on his way to get snacks and stumbled upon where we're identifying as Jane Doe number one. No, Mm -hmm. you don't hear that. Why? Because hikers and joggers find all the fucking dead bodies. That's why I'm not hiking. You know? Uh, So that's why you don't jog? No. My special someone wants me to start 
like going hiking and jogging and all that shit with her. And no, because eventually, you know what's going to happen? I'm gonna I would like phone. to see that. I used to run. I used to run five miles a day until I destroyed my knee. But um, I'm going to get a phone call. And that phone call is going to be like this. Honey, honey, I had to call the police. You have to come pick me up. I'm up at Mount Hood. Well, what happened? I found two dead bodies. That's what's going to happen. You know where? I, no, who's not going to find dead bodies? Me. No, she'll be over on Highway 20. Yes. That I would go for. I'd be like, fucking, we knew that shit was going to happen. All yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that, she, it's hikers and joggers. Mm-hmm. You fuckers find all the dead bodies. I don't want to stumble upon dead bodies. I don't either. You know, that, that's a day ruiner. I'm out there, you know, I've got maybe my hunting rifle with me and, and maybe some booze because, you know, shooting and booze matches up. Um, <laughs> that's a good combination. Good combo right there. You know, and all of a sudden, I, oh, look, there's a pile of human remains. Yeah. <laughs> this is fucked up. Oh, that ruins my day. Okay, so this one, her torso was found wrapped in garbage bags and dumped in the woods near Halsey Manor Road, and she was named Manorville Jane Doe. On April 4th of 2011, a skull, pair of hands, and a right foot were found in a plastic bag near Ocean Parkway on Gilgo Beach. Wait a minute. There's an important question. When they opened the bag, were they jazz hands? (laughs) Note. Just check. Just check. <laughs> These remains would be designated as Jane Doe number six until they were linked by DNA to Manaville Jane okay, Doe. Okay, look, there's racism going on in there already. I got I, God damn it. I, I'm offended. Why? They gave the black girl the name Peaches. Because of her tattoo. But everybody else is Jane Doe one and well, Jane no, Doe two. You got to remember that they also gave Peaches the Jane Doe... Um, Number three until DNA matched her to Peaches. Doesn't matter. They should be giving them all cute little nicknames like this. Yeah, well. This is this is our, our 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 unknown victim, Peaches. Yeah. Then this is puppies. This is kisses. Are we done? We're calling her Flower. In May of 2020, <laughs> the police actually announced that they positively identified Manorville Jane Doe as Valerie Mack, 24 years old. Okay. Now, in November of 2000, hunters found, hunters too, the body of a white or Hispanic man in the woods off eastbound side of the Long Island Expressway near exit 68 in North Shirley. The victim had... That close to 69. (laughs) The victim had black hair and was wearing blue and white striped Gap boxer shorts. His age was estimated to be between 30 and 45. He was between five foot six and six foot tall and weighed approximately 130 to 150 pounds. His nickname is like Skyler because that sounds like a total white shop. They just said he was a Hispanic man. Fine. El Skyler. (laughs) El Skylador. (laughs) That's right. Hello. My name is El Skylador. I am of Hispanic descent. Arriba. Anyways, a surgical staple was noted embedded in his chin, and he had multiple traumatic injuries, including a crushed larynx, which implied he had been strangled to death. Hey, some people are into that. I know. You being one of them. (laughs) On July 26, 2003, a naked and dismembered torso of a female missing its head and hands was discovered in Manorville, New York. Um. 
A tattoo on her back had been mutilated, and the victim was identified seven months later as Jessica Taylor, 20 years old. Oh, damn. I thought you were going to say the back side. Did it say property of no. the Balsam Wolf? <laughs> no. And detectives, they, she was only identified after detectives released a photo of her tattoo. Now, on May 9, 2011, a skull and a pair of hands and a forearm were found on March 29th at Gilgo Beach, and they were matched to Jessica Taylor as well. That sounds like way more than just Jack. Yeah, so you know what you're hearing is it's like there's the killers like strewing body parts all over, and only certain body parts are being found at certain times. There's trophy taking. Yeah. There's totally trophy taking in this. Yeah, totally. So... Then we have, on November 10th of 2003, a badly decomposed body was found in Manorville, 400 yards south of the Long Island Expressway, near Toppings Path. A hunter discovered the body in a wooded area about three miles east of the woods where the bodies of Jessica Taylor and Valerie Mack had been dumped. Autopsy results were inconclusive. However, the victim was Caucasian, 35 to 50 years old, and about five foot six, and had died... No more than four months before the body was found. Now, this victim was identified in 2015, but the family has asked the authorities not to release his name. So the case remains an active homicide investigation. Um, Then we have, on March 3rd, 2007, a suitcase containing the dismembered torso. You'll see why I'm saying the police were not very inventive. Of an unidentified Hispanic or light-skinned African-American female. Can I take a guess? What? Suitcase torso. No, but you'll see in a minute. Traveling torso? No. Washed up on the beach at Harbor Island Park in Mamaronic? M-A-M-A-R-O-N-E-C-K. I'll be mama. Yeah. A few weeks later, her legs washed up in different areas of Long Island. A stab wound was noted on the torso, and she had a tattoo of two cherries on her right breast. Never identified, she is referred to as cherries. Yeah. 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 Jesus Christ. I know. They have no imagination. And that dog brought in that thing again. I don't know why she likes that nasty-ass thing. It's gross. Of course, you know, I ask people that all the time. Yeah. They want to date me. I, go, why I know. Do you why do like you this like this nasty, nasty ass thing? thing? <laughs> On July 9th of 2011, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, 25 years old, was last seen in her room at the Super 8 Hotel in Midtown Manhattan. She'd left her home in Norwich, Connecticut to meet a client she had booked through Craigslist. She was reported missing on July 14th, 2007. Now, a lot of these girls are call girls. You'll find out. Maureen's body would, was found on December 13th of 2010 beside Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach. She had been strangled to death. Then on June 23rd, 2008, 39-year-old Tanya Rush was last seen around 3 a.m. walking toward a subway station in Brooklyn. Her dismembered body was discovered on June 27th, 2008. In Belmore, crammed inside a suitcase. Police stated it was a particularly brutal murder. There was a lot of rage. Now, July 12, 2009, Melissa Bartholomew, 24 years old, was last seen outside her apartment on Underhill Avenue in the Bronx. She'd arranged for a $1,000 date with a client the next night somewhere along Long Island. After her disappearance, her sister received several phone calls from a man using Melissa's cell phone and claiming to be her killer. Melissa's body was discovered on December 11th, 
2010 beside Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach, and she had been strangled. Um, then on May 1st, 2010, we have 23-year-old Shannon Gilbert. Now, this is the one that really kind of like tore me up, um, but I'll get more into her later. She, 23-year-old Shannon Gilbert disappeared after leaving a client's house in Oak Beach. Shannon called 911 and actually claimed people were trying to kill her. She fled the house and was last seen banging on doors of homes in the neighborhood while screaming for help. After 19 months of searching, her body was finally discovered on December 13th of 2011 in an Oak Beach marsh about a quarter mile from where she was last seen. Then we have um, Dr. Peter Hackett, he was an Oak Beach resident, actually called Shannon Gilbert's mother in May of 2010 and allegedly claimed that he, quote, ran a home for wayward girls and had treated Shannon on the morning of her disappearance. He later denied making the calls. However, phone records proved that the calls had taken place. Mary Gilbert would later file a wrongful death lawsuit against Dr. Hackett. Now, in June 6, 2010, 22-year-old Megan Waterman <coughs> was last seen in Hapage, New York, walking toward a nearby convenience store. She'd been staying in a Holiday Inn Express in Hapage and was captured by a security camera walking out of the hotel at approximately 1.30 a.m. Her body was found on December 13th, 2010, beside Ocean Parkway near Gogo Beach, and she had been strangled. Now, on September 2nd, 2010, Amber Lynn Costello, 27, was last seen by her roommate leaving her home in North Babylon to meet a client. The client had called three or four times and offered Amber $1,500 for her services. Police discovered Amber's body on December 13th beside Ocean parkway near gilgo beach and she had been strangled then we have on december 11 2010 in the timeline of the investigation a sulfur county police canine unit searching for shannon gilbert discovered human skeletal remains along ocean parkway at gilgo beach and that victim was later identified as melissa bartholomew um then on December 13th, the police discovered three more sets of skeletal remains to where, uh, close to where Melissa's body was found, and those bodies were found within 500 feet of each other as well. Then on December 15th, the FBI offers to assist in the investigation, and police seize a white SUV, SUV from the client's Oak Beach residence. Now on December 16th, the Suffolk County Medical Examiner's Office reports the four sets of remains are all female victims and that Shannon Gilbert was not among them. The Emmy's office hold, held a press event to explain an investigative approach involving dental reckoners, DNA comparisons, and or facial reconstruction to help identify those victims. They were able to identify one on January 19th of 2011. She had been reporting missing June 10th, and that was Megan Waterman. The identity of the other three victims were unknown as of January 19th of 2011. They weren't identified until January 24th when they revealed that the three remaining victims were Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Melissa Bartholomew, and Amber Lynn Costello. 
Along with Megan Waterman, these four victims were later referred to as the Gilgo Beach Four. Then um, District Attorney Thomas Spoda states that a serial killer is responsible. He also reveals that all four victims worked as escorts using Craigslist. And Police Commissioner Richard Dormo states the search will resume once weather conditions improved. Then we have on March 29, 2011, Suffolk County Police returned to Gil Gilgo Beach to continue to search for Shannon Gilbert. One mile east of the original site, police discovered a skull, forearm, and hands. They, those would later be identified as the additional remains of Jessica Taylor, whose torso was found in 2003. Then on March 31st, the police state that the fifth set of remains discovered were not those of Shannon Gilbert. April 4, 2011, police find three more sets of human remains along Ocean Parkway between Oak Beach and Gilgo Beach. The body of an Asian male dressed in women's clothing, clothing was discovered. He may have been transgender, but we find out more information in a little bit. The cause of death was determined to be blunt force trauma to the head, and a sketch was released in September of 2011. He loved you a long time. I hate you. Uh, no, a skull, hands, and feet were also found, and they were referred to, of course, as Jane Doe number six. They were later identified to be linked with Manorville Jane Doe, whose torso was found in 2000, in 2000, and sketches were released in September of 2011. An, an unidentified female toddler referred to as Baby Doe, she was found wrapped in a blanket with no apparent signs of trauma. So they believe that oh, she man. just, like, starved to death out there. That's fucked up. I said, yeah. man, I, just, just go. Fuck it. Yeah. So then we have, um, oh, April 11, 2011, police discovered two more sets of remains in separate locations along Ocean Parkway. A plastic bag containing upper and lower extremities was found near Jones Beach State Park. DNA testing later I d determined that this victim, referred to as Jane Doe number three, was the mother of the child found the week before. And the skull, a skull was discovered along Ocean Parkway west of Tobey Beach. This victim was referred to as Jane Doe number seven and later linked to Fire Island Jane Doe, whose legs were found in 96. I'm telling you, it's very convoluted because you know they're no shit, they're finding the same victims those. multiple body parts at different years so it's like you have to kind of tie it all in together yeah i am i'm, I'm working on that are you, are you following are you hearing me chirp big i bird? hear you chirping big bird okay and then we have on may 9th 2011 Suffolk county district attorney thomas spoda states there is no evidence that all of these remains are the work of a single killer so first he says we have a serial killer now he's saying there's no evidence that they're all one killer so how does um, that work? Hold on. No, no, no. I, it, it, there is evidence that it's one killer because of the, the method of disposal. Yeah. That's all. I mean, you're finding different body parts in different various parts of the city. And most of the victims fit. In garbage bags. And, well, and most of the victims fit a very specific yeah, the call girl. victimology. Mm -hmm. So there might be one or two that are out of character. Yeah. You know, um, Given the Asian guy who dressed up like a woman and things like that may have been transgender, but he might have been a hooker. We don't know, but I'll give a benefit of the doubt, say that, you know, maybe there's one or two that are kind of not in that victimology, but most of them fit that victimology yeah. 
down to the letter. So where the hell does this asshole get off? But it's like he contradicted himself just in this these two statements alone. We have a serial killer, oh, yeah. but it's not the work of the same serial, same killer. Okay, it's like okay, uh, a little tippy poo for you there, copper. Go up to Rochester, Thomas Spada. <laughs> Thomas Spada. Why don't you go up to Rochester, talk to their cop shop, because as I've said before, those guys are spot on it. Get a little bit of training from them. Yeah, the only time they weren't really spot on it was with Spahalski, but he. Like, altered the crime scene. Yes. So. But still, they were on it like Blue Bonnet, and they're working mm-hmm. it hard. They know their shit. And I, if this cop is listening to us, you know, I'm sorry if I offended you, do, but, like, for real, you contradict yourself during, uh, you know, what your, your statement is, and it doesn't sound, it sounds like you're grasping at straws, go up to Rochester. Like, everything that we've done on Rochester, these guys are on it. They know their yeah. shit, and it's very rare that I can say that. About, about a, police, a, station. a yeah. police station when it comes to any kind of serial killers. Especially if it involves prostitutes <laughs> or call girls or anything. Yeah. Right. Uh, Rochester's right up your alley, dude, and it's yeah. not that far north. <laughs> it's not, really. So then we have May 17th of 2011. The Suffolk police reveal that they are reviewing other homicide cases for possible links to the bodies found along Ocean Parkway. The only case specifically mentioned was Tanya Rush, whose body was found in 2008 in Belmore. Now, in May 29th of 2011, in two letters to CBS News, Dr. Peter Hackett admits to having called Shannon Gilbert's mother in the days after her disappearance. (laughs) So, he denies it, then he admits it. Okay, now, Police Commissioner Richard Dormer reveals that police now believe one killer is responsible and that Shannon Gilbert's case is not connected and Dormer states, we believe that it's just a coincidence that she went missing in Oak Beach and the bodies were found on Gilgo Beach. Bullshit. Yeah, no. I call bullshit. Once again, hey, Commissioner, you need Commissioner Gordon from Batman. That's Batman, right? Yeah. And then all y'all need to get your asses up there to Rochester. Just saying. Yeah. Go up to Rochester. They're in your same state. I'm sure that they could help you out with this stuff and kind of, yeah. you know. Either that you. or just go to England and get, you know, super sleuth. Oh, my God. You get that judge and you get that detective over there in England that did Shipman and Hogel and shit. No, did Are, Shipman and. Um, oh, was no, it wasn't Hogel. It was, uh, uh, oh, my God. I forgot his name. Norris. But yeah, Colin Norris. Norris. Yeah. You get him. Mm-hmm. He will solve every crime in your city in 24 hours. Like every Less one of them. Less than 24. You'd be like, who stole Billy's bike? And he'd be like, I'm on it. It was this dude right here. Got him. <laughs> Got his bike back he and everything. Yeah. This dude, dude's freaking good. Yeah. And then we have, um, on December 6th of 2011, Shannon Gilbert's pocketbook, ID, cell phone, jeans, and shoes are all found during a search on, in an Oak Beach marsh. Okay, she's not linked, but everything's pointing to Oak Beach. I mean, that's too big of a coincidence for me. So let me get this right. Let me just, because I had to go get some water. Yeah. <sighs> I'm no detective, however... <laughs> You play one on the podcast. If you work for Rochester PD, feel free to send us a, an email on this and just tell me if I'm right or wrong, if I'm wrong. So the disposal of this victim's the same. Well, they haven't found her yet. Oh, that's okay. So she just, they're just finding. I mean, she just disappeared in that area and they're finding parts of her belongings. Yeah. All over there. Same place that you have a multiple victims found, right? Uh-huh. 
And you're saying that she's not linked, but she's. Did they say if she's a prostitute? She was a call girl, yes. Yeah, so everything kind of matches up. I would assume, and stop me if I'm wrong, like I said, and the only, the only people I want to, to write to me about this isn't even that place. I want Rochester. Rochester, because you guys know your shit. <laughs> it, stop me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't it be safe to at least assume that she is part of that victim pool? Probably. I'm saying too many coincidences not to add up. Then on December 13th, seven days after they found her ID and ship, her body is discovered in the Oak Beach Marsh, a quarter mile from where her belongings were found. Detectives spotted her remains at 9.14 a.m. Commissioner Dormer stated, this may be just a young lady who ran into the brush in a historical state, fell down, and expired for some reason. Yeah, that's what he said. So, okay. And he's a police commissioner, so what does that Once again, you? stop me if I'm wrong. <laughs> because I have ran before. Unless that you're in a hysterical state. Are you shedding your belongings everywhere? <laughs> no. And then you have to ask yourself, why is she in this hysterical state? And why would she be in a marsh? And in a marsh. Yeah. She's a hooker. Now, every time that I've been down to swamps and marshes and things like that, hunting or even fishing, never have I been, like, out there fishing in a bayou uh, in, in Louisiana or anything or any kind of marsh anywhere and go, hey, man, I think there's some good smallmouth bass or big mouth bass out here, and, you know, cranking in my crankbait. And here, hey, baby, <laughs> you want a little bit of company over there? <laughs> I got your big mouth bass. Ne- like, not even once. You've never had that happen? Not even. Like, they're coming around, you know, they peek around a tree going. Looking for a date, daddy. Looking, looking for a date, big daddy. I see you're fishing over there. I like to fish. I got your trouser trout right here, <laughs> freshly caught, anything like that. <laughs> so, just saying, just saying. Okay, then on December 15th, District Attorney Thomas Spada disagrees with Commissioner Dormer's theory that a single killer is responsible. Then Edward Weber is named the interim commissioner, replacing Dormer, and James Burke, you'll want to remember that name, is announced as Suffolk County's police chief starting in 2012. Because he spotted a problem? No, you just keep an eye, just remember the name James Burke. Now, February 17, 2012, skeletal remains are discovered in a wooded area of Manorville off North Street and west of Wading Waiting, W-A-D-I-N-G. Now, I got a question. Is River that Road. close to that mansion or whatever the one chick has found? Manorville? Manorville? Yeah, like they're all manor? in the same area. Okay, yeah, because uh, the one chick was like the whatever manor Yeah, girl. the Manorville Jane Doe. Yeah. yeah. Okay, no, so, all right, that's, yeah. that's kind of what I was getting This at. lady's body was found wrapped in bed sheets, a plastic bag, and duct tape. Police determined the victim was actually male and estimated the body had been there at least five years. Oh. Okay. Now, May 1st, 2012, Suffolk County shares Shannon Gilbert's autopsy with her family. The cause of death is inconclusive. Her family does not believe she drowned and that her death is connected to the other serial killer victims. Then on January 23rd, hey, that's my birthday, of 2013, the skeletal remains of a woman were discovered in a garbage bag along the shore in Laddington, New York. The victim was wearing a 24-karat gold pig pendant. Which may be a reference to the year of the pig in some Asian cultures. 
I hate you. On March 16th of 2013, Natasha Jugo was last seen. <laughs> Jugo. Not Wigo, Jugo. No, Jugo, man. Jugo, the police are looking for me. Jugo to the store. Get the cervezas. <coughs> I hate you. Um, she was last seen leaving her home in Queens Village, New York. Her car was found along Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach the next day. Did you say Dildo Beach? Gilgo. Sorry, my bad. I thought you said Dildo Beach. No. That is epic. Her wallet, ID, That's and epic. some of her clothing were found in the sand. And on June 24, 2013, Jugo's body washed up on the Gilgo Beach about a mile from where her car was found in March. By Dildo Beach. Gotcha. Yes. September 18, 2014, forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Baden agreed to conduct an independent autopsy in Shannon Gilbert's remains in hopes of determining a clear cause of death. The results of the second autopsy were released in February 2016. Dr. Baden stated, and I quote, there is insufficient information to determine a definite cause of death, but the autopsy findings are consistent with homicidal strangulation. Baden also noted that Shannon's body was found face up, which is not common for a drowning victim. That's kind of true, man. <laughs> yeah. Last time I checked, fucking when people so drown, it's usually what face you Okay, from what I've read you so far, are you reading between the lines yet? Yeah, I see a lot of incompetency. Yeah, a lot and of anything else? Cover up. Okay. To be honest, you know, that's why I just, Rochester PD, like for reals. Even though this case is like unsolved, go down there and help them out because yeah. they're covering number one, they're either covering something up or they are so inept. Like Monster Florence inept. Yeah, very <laughs> inept at what they do. You guys mm-hmm. really, come on, guys, help them out because it's like, it's like watching a bunch of people with Down syndrome trying to juggle monkeys <laughs> that are on fire. It's the only way to put saws. it. And chainsaws at the same time. We know. You know your dad sent us a picture of this last week? Who? Oh. <laughs> he sent us a picture of a little person truck driver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I sent, I sent him the picture, too. <laughs> Midget truck. I'm still... And I, 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 I'm laughing a little bit. How does bit, that happen? I just want to know how the hell he gets in and out of his truck. That's what I want to know. Because, like, he's as tall as one of my legs. No. No, yeah. No, he's right. But yeah. So how does he get up and down? And how does he maneuver the... He must have some hella elevator shoes. <laughs> Maybe he's got a big dick. And he could... Yeah. He could just fucking push it down there and go, accelerator. <laughs> then he sees a picture of Nancy Pelosi and goes, oh, no. Break. Slow down. Break. <laughs> Let up on the gas. <laughs> Andrew, can I get some more water, please? Thank you. Then on December 10th of 2015, Suffolk County Police Commissioner Tim Seney, a different one, announced that the FBI had officially joined the investigation. A spokesperson for the FBI confirmed their official involvement, and the FBI had previously assisted in the search for victims, but was never officially part of the investigation until then. Now, July 23, 2016, Shannon Gilbert's mother, Mary Gilbert, was murdered in her home in Ellenville, New York. One of her daughters, thank you, Sarah Gilbert, was actually arrested and charged with the murder. 
Now, on September 2017, Suffolk County District Attorney Robert Bianca Villa stated that John Bitroff, a carpenter from Manorville. Did you just say Bitroff? <laughs> Bitroff. I thought you said Bitroff. No, I'm he's actually lie. going to be our Thursday episode. A I carpenter. Said, That's fucking awesome. <laughs> from Manorville was being investigated for possible connections to the remains found at Gilgal Beach. In July 2014, he was charged with the murders of two women in 93 and 94. He was a suspect in the murder of a third woman. And in September 2013, we'll get into that. Um, January 2009, State Senator Phil Boyle introduced a bill in the State Senate encouraging the Commission on Forensic Science to use genetic genealogy to identify victims. And then November 15, 2019, a 50-year-old Long Island man, Andrew Frey, was arrested for allegedly trying to kidnap two sex workers on a separate occasions. He was charged with multiple counts of attempted sex trafficking and attempted kidnapping. Cause, yeah, cause you, uh, y'all, you got to pay extra if you want the kidnapping fantasy. Just saying, man. Scott knows. Cheap. Scott uh, knows. I haven't had to pay except for being married. Because if you're married, and you think you've never paid for sex? If you've been married... You've paid. Trust Somehow. Me. Oh, yes. In both cases, well, excuse you, little girl. She just burped. In both cases, one in July 2019, the other in October 2018, the women escaped by jumping out of his moving vehicle. Handcuffs, knives, guns, rope, zip ties, and manuals on knot tying were recovered in a search of his home and vehicle. He also had a history of violence against sex workers. Uh, federal investigators were examining whether Frey had any connection to the Gilgo murders. Now, in January 16, 2020, Suffolk County Police released images of a belt found at one of the Gilgo crime scenes. The letters HM or WH are embossed on the leather. Police believe the belt was handled by the killer and did not belong to any of the victims. Police Commissioner Hart stated that forensic genealogy was being used to help identify the victims. And a website was announced called gilgonews.com. I keep thinking you're saying dildo. I swear no, to God. Gilgo, G-I-L-G-O. I know, but in my head. Not D-I-L-D-O. I keep thinking it's dildo. I know. Just like I thought it was salad bar when we were talking about I know that one you dude. did. <laughs> Where police will share news and receive tips regarding the investigation. Now, they held a press, press conference, a Suffolk County Gilgo Beach murders update on January 16th of 2020 where attorney John Ray, who represents the family of Shannon Gilbert, also gave a press conference encouraging law enforcement to release her 911 call. Now, just so you know, they did release it to him, but he was not allowed to share it with anybody, and they will not release it to the public. They refused. Isn't that public information? You would think. That's, that's, yeah. uh, Yeah. Fucking, that's... I'm sorry, guys. This sounds like a fucking cover-up. Yeah. More and more. Please, for the love of God, Rochester, go down there and get this shit taken care of. Yeah. So the Shannon Gilbert estate attorney, John Ray, says he has heard the 911 tapes and calls them extremely valuable towards the case. I personally would love to hear them. Um, Then May 22nd, 2020, Suffolk County Police Department said in a statement that they had positively identified the Manorville Jane Doe, also referred to as Jane Doe number six, whose remains were found in Manorville in 2000 and Gilgo Beach in 2011. Um, excuse me, I'm calling her puppies. Why? Because we have cherries and we have peaches. She deserves a cute name too. 
Okay. Her name is Puppies. Or Kitties. Okay. Now, Sulfur County released the identity of the Manorville Jane Doe and as Valerie Mack. Um, she was last seen in the area of Port Republic in the summer, spring or summer of 2000, New Jersey. Her last known address is the, it was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area where she had been working as what? Oh, an escort. <laughs> That's my dream job. Yeah. Then May 29, 2020, the Suffolk County Police updated the Gilgo News website um, with the case of Andre Jamal Isaac, 25-year-old. Now, he was the male who was found with female clothing. He was known as Sugar Bear, and he disappeared before Thanksgiving in 2002. His torso was found in December 2002. And his head, arms, and legs were discovered in two locations in Mauritius in 2003 and 2004. He was a known cross-dresser. So, there you go. I'm an unknown cross, uh, cross-dresser. Super duper I know you. <laughs> Fucker, I hate you. I'm just saying. <laughs> Wilma. <laughs> Wilma? Where the fuck are you Wilma from? Oh, no, it sounded good. Now, in September 22nd, 2020, state regulators have approved the use of the forensic technique known as familial searching. This technique can be used to find family members of unidentified victims through DNA. Then December 7th of that same year, the police department released additional photos of a belt recovered during the initial investigation at Gilgo Beach. And then, um, let's see here. I don't think I need that. Oh, in October 23rd, 2020, Suffolk County had invested in advanced technology to analyze old phone data. In the case, additionally, an MVAC system is being used to collect DNA from physical evidence recovered during the investigation. Then on January 1st of this year, Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison stated he will publicly release the 911 calls related to the disappearance of Shannon Gilbert as long as their disclosure doesn't interfere with the investigation. So, we're waiting. Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison announced the creation of a new task force dedicated to solving the case on February 15th of this year. And the task force will be composed of homicide detectives, FBI, district attorney from Suffolk County, and the sheriff's office. Okay, I'm going to stop him right there. I'm going to stop that right there. You Knock it the fuck off. Once again, call Rochester <laughs> and have him come. I'm, I'm dead fucking serious because yeah. everything I've seen from Rochester... They're fucking good, dude. Yeah. You motherfuckers are running around saying one thing and then another. Like, this is multiple killers from the same serial killer. It's fucking idiots. Then the Suffolk County Police Department issued the following statement on February 15th of this year, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, the formation of the task force represents the first time federal, state, and local agencies will jointly dedicate investigators to solving one of the nation's most well-known serial killer cases. The team will continue to utilize new scientific techniques to advance this investigation and collaborate on evidence gathered throughout the decades-long case that spans from Manorville to Hempstead. Yay. He's <laughs> got no faith in him. Yeah. I don't. I have no faith because seeing the way they've handled this case so far is yeah. just fucking exactly. stupid, man. 
Exactly. You, you, you little boys and girls need to sit the hell down and bring in the fucking big boys. You call yeah. up Rochester. That's what I gotta well, say. Well, it's like my whole thing is, I mean, because I'm pretty much done for the day. Because I just want to talk about the suspects next, and I want to do that on Thursday, um, because it all links into one. But my whole thing is, you're having various body parts showing up all over the city. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're finding out years later, I mean, because you find one, like, a torso here, then, like, six years later, you found the hands and the feet and whatever, and you have them labeled as different victims, mm-hmm. then you find out they're linked, they're the same victim, yet their murders aren't linked. Yeah, it's to, this, this whole to the thing. other body parts that are found there. How can that be, even be possible? And like I said before, seriously, I'm not a detective. I'm not a cop in any way, shape, or form. I've got no experience in that. But to me, as an outsider, it sounds like a clusterfuck, <laughs> especially when you compare it to other police departments yeah. who are actually on it, on it. Well, and I mean, and don't get me wrong. Very seldom in the history of serial killer history, except for... Two or three instances, let's not mention the freaking Southside Slayers mm-hmm. in L.A. and the Freeway Killers in L.A. that operated at the same time. Right. So chances are of different killers operating at the same time using the same method, same disposal method, are probably not likely. Right. I'm, I'm, and I'm that goes saying. back to what I've said before. It's, it's possibility versus probability. Mm-hmm. Is it possible? Well, yeah, it's possible. But then again, I think the Loch Ness Monster is possible. Let's talk probability. Yeah. The probability of the Loch Ness Monster being exactly alive and well, not very high. And the, the, the probability of this being one or, or more than one serial killer doing the exact same thing. Or more thing, than one one-off killer, even. Yeah. It's, it, the, the probability fairly fucking low. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, for them to come out and say, yeah, I think it's a serial killer, then in the next breath say, no, it's not. But you have everything that ties into each other. I mean, I'm sorry. It just doesn't make any sense. No, and, and, and I agree. And, you know, if I'm wrong about this whole thing, if you are a profiler or you work for, uh, you know, a detective, uh, yeah. if you're a detective, by all means, call me out on it. Because I don't know everything in the fucking world. I mean, call me out. Tell me where I'm wrong. Yeah. I just... Like I said, I just don't see it. We haven't really seen it any other time. That's you know? correct. Because even not. with the freeway killers, you know, with Kearney and Kraft and Bonin, they all had different disposal methods. Correct. You know, even though they kind of used the same areas to dispose, they all had different disposal methods. When it came to the Southside Slayers, I mean, some of them used, like, they had rape involved. Some of them didn't, you know. Correct. So it's like, there, this one has too many coincidences tying it together that it to me it doesn't sound like different people. I would agree. So I would agree. There you go. So there's that one. I will finish tomorrow. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at brutalnation at twistedbluellc.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, or wherever you get your blogs. Just type in at Brutal Nation. We should pop right up. This show's copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.